Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text chosen for our meditation is, was just read as the gospel lesson from Mark chapter 9, 2 to 9. In the name of our transfigured Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed. Have you noticed how difficult it is not to turn your head at a flash of light? Somewhere along that line that advertising people figured this out. Bright lights now illuminate signs. Light chases light from bulb to bulb on other signs. And then there are those big searchlights in front of theaters, shopping malls, and automo automotive dealerships. Advertisers uses this light to say, look here right now. You may not normally expect to see anything of importance here, or you may have missed it before. But look here, right now, and you won't be disappointed. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the Father used light in a similar way. The light of Jesus' transfiguration drew the disciples' attention to him in a new way. There on that mountain, the Father, Jesus, the Father showed Jesus in a different light than the disciples had ever seen before. Their friend was not just a carpenter, not just a teacher, not just a rabbi. He was much, much more. Look, look here. Emanating, uh, the light emanating from Jesus demanded. And then the Father's voice proclaimed, This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to him. This morning, God uses the light that shone from Jesus once again. And in this light that shines from the Word, the Father once again draws our attention to Jesus to enlighten us. He's more than you ever imagined, the light exclaims. Listen to him, the Father decrees. In the transfiguration, God gives us a glimpse of Jesus' glory so that you, or so that we will listen to him. As Mark tells it, there had been little rest for the disciples. They were chasing Jesus from town to town all around Galilee and beyond, finding the reality of faith in unlike, uh, unlikely people and a fury from his enemies. They knew that Jesus was something special. And yet it was for them like a strange story of the two-stage healing of the blind man at Bethsaida. When Jesus touched this man, he could see. But only people looked like more like trees walking around. You see, the disciples saw, but what they saw didn't always make sense to them. Take what happened 
just six days before the transfiguration. As they were scrambling around Caesarea Philippi, Jesus and his disciples talked about who the people thought that Jesus was. And then after that discussion, he asked them point blank, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? To which Peter famously replied, replied you are the Christ. Peter saw, but none too clearly, because in that very next paragraph, Mark recounts how insufficient Peter's definition of the Christ actually was. And when Jesus goes on to give that title Christ in the content of the, his cross, what Peter thought he saw didn't make sense. So now it's six days later. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up that mountain. And I'm sure that they thought that uh, they were ascending for prayer. They've done that many times before. It wasn't all that unusual. They probably even got used to it. They thought it was ordinary. And for a while that day, it was until until the extraordinary happened, until Jesus' clothes became impossibly white and Elijah and Moses arrived to speak with him, until the crowd shrouded and shrouded them and added even more to their fear, until a voice from that cloud said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And just as suddenly as it all happened, it was over. No dazzling white clothes. No visitors. No voice. Only Jesus. And with blue spots from that light still burning in their eyes, and with that voice still ringing in, the, in their ears, it was over. This incredible vision and voice let them know that Jesus was far more than that they had imagined. Listen to him, the voice said. They had been startled from the stupor of the ordinary, but what now? What did this all mean? It would be some time before they would know. His light had shined in their darkened understanding, but what did it mean? Jesus was obviously more than they imagined, but who or what was he? On the other hand, the disciples have us at a serious, at a serious disadvantage, don't they? They were there. We were not. They saw the light, they felt the fear and suffered the confusion, and they heard the voice. The transfiguration left enough of an impression on the disciples and the early church that it finds its way into all four Gospels. And yet it was so overwhelming that they found it difficult to put into words. 
If you look at the four Gospels, in Matthew, the transfiguration occupies only five verses. Matthew 17, 1 to 5. And in Mark, that served as our sermon text this morning, only six verses. Mark 9, 2 to 7. And in Luke, only seven. Luke 9, 29 to 35. And in John, only a half of one verse. As he alludes to this overwhelming experience, as he puts in John 1, that Christmas story, and then at the end, he adds this. We have seen his glory, glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. To have been there must have been spectacular and awe-inspiring. What wouldn't you and I give to be able to take a travel in a time machine to see what they saw, to hear what they heard on the mountain. How could you experience such an event and not be changed, not be transformed? On the other hand, as we read this story this morning, we have a distant advantage, a distinct advantage over what the disciples were able to recognize that day. We know what that transfiguration is all about, what it means. We know that on that mountain, the disciples were treated to a glimpse of what was to come. And by peeling back a, 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 back a corner of a plain brown paper bag of Jesus' human nature to give a glimpse of his glory that would be his forever after the cross and the resurrection. The Father showed the three disciples who it was whom had called them to follow him. Which begs a question. If we already know that Jesus is the eternal Son crucified and risen from the dead, reigning now in glory, why do we need this story? One could simply say that we need this story because it happened. And that's just because it happened should be, just because it happened should be reason enough for it to be included in the Gospels. And yet that is not quite satisfying. It should be that the transfiguration is remembered as a pivotal event in Jesus' ministry, enough to clue us in that something important is being proclaimed here. First, we need this story because it's one of those flashing lights that catches our attention. It's a very brief story, yet the flash of that distant light on a dark night demands that we look and that we see. And when we look, even if we've looked here before, Jesus briefly is robed in a brilliant light, calls us to consider again more fully who he really is. 
the danger even for those who put their faith in Christ, is that we become so accustomed to hearing about Jesus and hearing his word that it becomes so routine. Familiarity that breeds indifference to his word and disobedience to his will. And when faith in Jesus becomes routine, we miss the transformation that God intends for us. So again, today we see Jesus transfigured, the eternal son of the eternal father the brightness of his glory beyond our imagination. Second, we need this story because we need again to hear the Father's words. This is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. We need to hear the Father's admonition to hear and to believe that the crucified Messiah is our only hope, that in his death and his resurrection is our life. We need to hear that only in following Jesus is there ever real life. We need to hear from him that to pursue any other way than the way of the cross is to lose forever the hope of life. For us, the people who too easily grow indifferent to Jesus and his word, the story of Jesus' transfiguration is a flash of light that draws our attention again to the truth of who he really is. He is the light of God's mercy. He is the glorious Son, the one whom we must listen and in whom we must follow. Amen.